Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I will do my best not to go as long as last week, or two weeks ago, sorry. Yeah, who said that? All right. We're going to go double long this week. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6. Put your finger there and turn over to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's read verse uh, 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion... Walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now turn over, turn back to Ephesians chapter six, and we're going to read verse eleven through thirteen. Ephesians chapter six, verse eleven through thirteen. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. I want to bring this message tonight, or we're going to incorporate a couple more principles of God's word, spiritual warfare in this message tonight, and that is clothed for battle. Clothed for battle. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your righteousness. I praise your holiness. I praise your word that it's eternal and that it never changes. I'm thankful, Father, that your word is always relevant, no matter what generation, what century, what millennia we live in, your word is always relevant to us. I'm thankful, Father, that through your word we can understand the methods of Satan and understand that we truly are in a war with, against flesh, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Lord, give us strength tonight to know how to fight. Give us wisdom to know how to fight the fight through you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind Satan and his forces off of your people, off of all in this room. I bind in the name of Jesus the spirit of pride that would seek for us to keep us from hearing the truth. And Father, I pray that anybody who has ears to hear, would hear the truth tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Last two weeks ago, last time we spoke about spiritual warfare, we talked about David and Goliath. We talked about the Israel versus the giants. And we talked about that uh, facing the giants. And how to face them. And we talked about number one. We said, 
Um, the, the first spiritual warfare principle that we learned is that the battle is the Lord's. Amen. It is not our battle. Amen. While David went out to fight, while David took the sling, David did not defeat Goliath, and David knew that he could not defeat Goliath. He said specifically, the battle is the Lord's. And he, that is the Lord, will deliver you into our hands. So in understanding now that if we are going to battle against Satan, against the kingdom of darkness in the world in which we live, we have to understand and keep in mind every day that it is not our battle, that it is the Lord's battle. Amen. He may choose to use us to fight for him, but it is not our might, it is not by our spirit, but it is by the spirit of God yeah. that we will have the victory. Literally, when we, you and I, literally can face demonic presences and have victory if we understand the battle is the Lord's. I probably misspoke a couple weeks ago and someone reminded of me of that since, since then that Yes, in Africa, in Ghana, we, face, we have faced some very open satanic powers. But I promise you that in America in which we live, the demonic world is alive and well. And I can promise you that because I have faced some of them literally in trying to help others be free from them. And I know that sounds spooky to many of us. It is not spooky and it is not unscriptural. We have just read tonight where God says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The battles that you and I face on a daily basis are not with human beings. They may, things may come to us through humans because human beings can be controlled by Satan or God, either one. But the battle is not with them. The battle is with what we said, and we'll, we'll call it to our attention again, but it's principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. But literally, you and I don't have to fear. We don't have to shake and tremble. When Even if literally we are faced with a demonic presence, we don't have to cower and be afraid because God says the battle is the Lord's. Jesus' name. And Jesus' blood will give us victory over any satanic force. There have been several times in my life where I've been attacked physically by demonic forces. But all it has taken is the name of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ, and they flee. We don't have to be intimidated. The battle is the Lord's. Number two, the second principle is this. Closing the doors of doubt. The second thing we need to do in fighting the spiritual battle that we all face, God tells us very plainly, be sober, be vigilant. That means, hey, it is around you. It is, it is a constant. You have to be on guard. That means we can't just walk through life and say, hey, I'm a Christian, so everything's going to be okay. No. God tells us, be sober. Be vigilant. Amen. That is like a, a, a king or like a general saying to his soldiers that are in the trenches, hey, be sober. Be vigilant. Don't sleep. Don't slack off. Hey, watch out. The enemy's around, and he's Amen. trying to find you. And God is telling us as Christians, hey, we ought, you know, 
We joined God. Let me just put it this way. When you chose Jesus Christ, you chose to fight Satan. <laughs> when you chose to make Jesus Christ your Savior, you chose to have Satan as your enemy. And while that can sound bad, you know, man, that sounds terrible. No, the other way around, you had already been chosen. You had already chosen to have Christ as an enemy. That's right. The Bible says, They that have not the Son hath not life, and the wrath of God Amen. abideth on them. Amen. If we don't have Jesus Christ, we are his enemy. He that is not for us is against us, Jesus right. said. But when we choose Jesus Christ, we actually choose the victorious side. But it doesn't mean we stop fighting now in the sense of we still have to go to battle. We just have to find out that our weapons are not carnal and that the battle is not ours. But we also want to understand that those doors of doubt in us, those doors that we open to Satan, the place where we have given to the enemy, we have to take it back. I gave you those lists last week, and I think I actually forgot to put one thing on there. I think I forgot to put abuse on there, because that is definitely an enemy that is a door that opens up to us, opens to Satan. And there may be areas on that list that I didn't give you that if you pray, the Holy Spirit will lead you to another area where you have opened a door to Satan. It, I have found out, I, and I've been able, uh, God has enabled me to help many people go through these doors in what we call spiritual warfare counseling, and I find out that often individuals are different, and there may be things, a door open in somebody's life, it's not open in another person's life, and it's not on the list for this person, but is on the list for this person. And the Holy Spirit of God is the one that has to teach us where we have given ground to Satan so that we can take it back. Amen. And so if you have not gone through that list and prayed, I, I didn't have time to really go into that last time. And let me, let me just do this this week. Let me start out by saying this. If you go home and you pray through those, those areas, ask the Spirit of God, say, God, is there any, in these areas, have I given ground to Satan in any of these areas? Bring it to my mind so that I can deal with it. The Holy Spirit of God will bring it to your mind. And whatever he brings to your mind, no matter how big or small it may seem, you confess that to God. If you don't feel like you have gotten victory, or even if you would just like for somebody to help you to make sure you have closed the doors, I'd be happy and willing to do that to help you. I went through that exact same spiritual warfare counseling is what it's called. I went through that in, uh, I believe it was 2012 with a pastor in Michigan named Lou Jerva. And what it did for me to help myself but also for me to help others cannot be explained except for that it was supernatural. And I would also like to offer to help you. But I do believe that the majority of people that simply follow the heeding of the Spirit of God and go through those doors, God will help them to take back the ground they've given to Satan and fight the battle, saying the battle is the Lord's. So we have the battle. We have to realize it's God. In order to face the giants, we have to remember that we have to close the doors in our life because, as I explained last week, those doors, those places we've given to Satan in our life are, are, are like uh, having Egypt in our heart that keeps us from going into the promised land. What it is, is every area in our life that's been given to Satan has an area that we can be fearful, that Satan knows if he's got ground, he can bring us fear. Because the spirit of fear is what Satan brings, and God has not given us the spirit of fear. That's right. Amen. 
I have been in particular areas, different times, both in America and in Ghana, and been praying, and immediately I am nearly overcome with fear to the point where I feel like I'm going to fall to the ground. And I realize this is a satanic stronghold. There is some demonic presence here. But I have also realized that as God has continued to help me to fight his battles and also close the doors and get rid of the areas of my life where I have given to Satan in the past, the more confident I am to face him when that fear comes. The fear will come. But it's whether we run back in fear or we go forward in faith. Don't think that David wasn't human and that as he was going towards Goliath, there wasn't a little bit of fear in his heart. <laughs> Don't think that there was sweat on his hands and he was hoping he could hold on to that sling. <laughs> because anytime we face a giant, there's going to be some fear in our hearts. But the more clean we are on the inside, the more bold we are to face that fear and go forward into the promised land. And those are the two principles that we opened up with last week. This week, if we can, if we can get to them, I want to give you two more principles of spiritual warfare. And we want to get title it tonight, Clothed for Battle. Number one, we've already said it, but we're going to use it as one of our spiritual warfare principles. If you want to write down the different principles over time, that's fine. I, I can also work to get you a list by the time we are finished, whenever God has that to be. Number one, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. David realized that while he was facing a giant, the battle was a battle between good and evil. God's people and Satan's people. The best thing we can, one of the best things that we can do in this church to prepare ourselves for what God has for the future and let me say, I am confident, I am sure that God in the near future is going to bring fruit to this church. Amen. Amen. I believe with all my heart that God has showed me that the church in the past has paid for their iniquities, but their iniquities are forgiven and he is going to bless. And I know he will. But as God begins to bless, Satan's going to begin to fight against the blessing. That's right. Amen. And what Satan often does is he doesn't have to do anything himself. He just simply has to get us against each other. He doesn't have to come up, you know, he doesn't have to have us all see a vision of some, some demon and get us afraid and run and say we're never going back there. All he has to do is try to find somebody with an open door and take that person and try to find another person with an open door and try to pit them against each other. And soon we forget that we wrestle not against flesh and blood and Satan has divided us and a house divided against itself cannot stand. 
And so what I want to challenge us tonight is God has brought revival. God has stirred our hearts over the last week with Brother Beckham coming. And we're ready to go forward for God. We can see that pastor's prayers are coming true as he began to say, I'm praying for the Lord of harvest that he will send forth laborers. God is answering that prayer. And the prayers of some godly people from, for many years have been answered. But hey, watch out because Satan's weapon is going to be, I want them to get them off the idea that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood and I want them to think that somebody in the church is their enemy. That's good. Amen. Satan does it all the time. And so the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring, roaring, roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The other verse that we read said, watch out for the wiles of the devil. If you look up that word wiles, another, another word that can help us to understand wiles is method. His methods. If we understand the tactics of the enemy, we usually aren't surprised by what the enemy does. And if we aren't surprised by what the enemy does, he usually doesn't defeat us. That's right. What is one of the key elements of warfare? Surprise. If you have surprise against your enemy, you have a good chance of winning. So what we want to do from here and the next weeks is we want to learn and say, hey, here's the method of Satan, so let me be watchful, be sober, be vigilant, and watch out for this method in case Satan brings it against me. Man is not the enemy. Amen. Man is never the enemy. David realized that with Goliath, but here's a better example yet. David realized that Saul was not his enemy. God had told David, going to make you king. But the reason he made David king was because of Saul's pride. And Saul's pride, Saul's pride is what was going to give David a very rough life for a very long time. But David, under the Spirit of God, knew that his battle was not with Saul. If David would have thought that his battle was with Saul, David would have taken the, taken the opportunity not once but twice to kill Saul with his own hand. But David recognized that that was not his battle. What am I saying tonight? Whether it's in the church whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in the home, whether it's in our family ex extensions, the battle is not with flesh and blood. We need to recognize Satan when he works. But fighting spiritual battles requires this. First of all, if we're going to fight a spiritual battle, not against flesh and blood, we're going to have to realize that the fighting in Christian life comes from the inside out. In our human view, in natural life on this planet, they begin from the outside in. David, when he fought Goliath, knew that he had to come from the inside out and that he 
was not fighting against Goliath and it was the Lord's battle, so therefore he was not concerned with what weapons he had as disposed, but rather that his heart was in the right place. Saul, who had a prideful earthly mentality, his first reaction is, I've got to get some armor upon David to protect him from this Goliath. But here's the reality. Wouldn't Saul's armor have protected David from Goliath? Would it? No. David said, I can't use these. I know David was a youth. Saul was the largest man, head and shoulders above everybody in Israel. How can you go up in armor or that bit much bigger than you and win a battle? But it was the earthly mind frame. Here's what I'm saying. David started with his heart. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, the Bible says, The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, But the Lord looketh, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. The truth is, is that the more our heart and soul is clean, the more we will understand and continually remind ourselves that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It starts in the heart. That is why we talked about last time closing the doors. Because on the inside is where it has to start. If we are clean on the inside, we will automatically begin to put on the rest of the armor that needs to happen on the outside. But you can try all you want to put on the armor in Ephesians chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 6. And if your heart is not right, you're not really going to put that armor That's on. Right. And what we want to do in our modern world is we focus, and all always have, so I shouldn't say in our modern world, we always have focused on the outside of man. The church fights spiritual battles, but we want to put leaders in place that look good. Yeah. We fight spiritual battles, but we're more concerned when we come to church in how we look than how our heart is prepared on, for God. On, we go out to the community to win them for Christ, and we're more concerned to fit in with them than we are that our heart is prepared for God. Because we're using the worldly mentality, the outside is what's important because man doesn't see the heart. But in the church, if we want to continue to realize and visualize we wrestle not against flesh and blood, we have to start with the heart. And so that's why last week, two weeks ago, I, I, I told you and I, and I beg you, go through that list and make sure your soul is clean. And if your soul is clean, you will begin to realize, and some of you have already realized as we've talked, my battle is not with flesh and blood. What do we wrestle against? As we said, we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We have to understand that those things which happen in our life come from God or from Satan. Nothing can come from Satan that God doesn't allow. We know that. Satan does bring things into our lives. 
You see, what happens is we go to work and the boss all of a sudden gets angry at us and we don't understand what's going on and, and he, he, he may, he, maybe he's not a Christian even and he cusses us out or something terrible happens and we quickly put our focus on the boss and as a Christian we get tempted to rebel against our authority or to, 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 to look down upon our authority or to criticize our authority or do something and we don't realize that we forget quickly just so easily we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And my battle is not with my boss, but Satan is trying to stir up in me something that is ungodly. Satan is trying to get me, who has a testimony in the workplace of being a Christian, to lose my testimony before my fellow man so that I cannot let my light so shine. If I can't let my light shine, they won't see my good works and glorify my Father which is in heaven. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I, I, I don't want to belabor the point more, but... Let's continually to visualize and understand that that is not our battle. Man is never the battle. Number two, be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. I believe that before we can put on the armor of God, we have to put on something that goes underneath the armor of God. And that is the clothing of humility. First Peter 5, 5, we read it, but we didn't read it. Let's read it now. First Peter 5, 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Be clothed with humility. If we want to be clothed with humility, here's what we need to do. We need to realize that God resists the proud. Pastor talked about this Sunday night. We are to resist the devil. We read that. Uh, uh, we didn't read it. Sorry, James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So if we are to resist the devil... We resist the devil, how? By submitting to God. When we submit to God, we resist the devil. When we submit to the devil, we resist God. Why? They're enemies. When we submit to Satan, we give him place. We have just taken part of Christ's kingdom in our life away. When we submit to God, we, we take part of Satan's kingdom away from our heart. You can't resist, listen to this statement, you can't resist Satan if God is resisting you. Submit yourself therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Maybe we ask ourselves sometimes, why is Satan not fleeing? We cannot resist Satan if God is resisting us. The Bible says that he resists the proud. Why? Because only God working through us can help us to resist Satan. Amen. We, the battle's not ours. We can't resist Satan of our own. The only way we can resist Satan is to submit ourselves to God. And so if we are not in submission of God, we cannot resist Satan. God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. 
We talked a little bit about this in the men's meeting. Grace. Grace, outside of salvation, means simply this. Favor. Favor. Salvation, the grace of God for salvation, is unmerited favor. There is nothing we can do to deserve salvation. But it does mean that we have favor in God's eyes because we have believed in Jesus Christ. Now we have favor in the eyes of Almighty God. And God resists the proud, but he gives grace or favor to the humble. By grace are you saved through faith. You can say by favor are you saved. Because, through faith, because of your faith in God, you now have favor in the eyes. For your faith in Jesus, you now have favor in the eyes of God. Psalms 5.12 puts it this way. Therefore thou wilt bless the righteous, and with favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. When we humble ourselves, God puts favor in our life. You know that when God's hand of favor is upon your life, nobody, whether human or unhuman, can change it. They can fight against it, but they can't change it. When we humble ourselves and God puts his favor on us, nobody can change it. No spiritual being can take away the favor of God upon our life. When God's hand of favor was upon Job, Satan could do nothing until God said, I allow it. God resists the proud, but he gives grace, favor to the humble. If we want a church that is under the favor of God, we need a humble church. We need to realize that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, and we need to submit to God. I don't know what that area that will be for you. Everybody's going to be different, but in some way, Satan will come to you, I promise you, in the near future and tempt you with pride against man who is now in your eyes your enemy. But humility will resist Satan and it will bring the favor of God upon your life. Let me give you this contrast to help us to understand. What is pride versus humility? Pride, in one word definition, is Satan. Humility, defined in one word, is Jesus. Pride is saying, my will. As Satan said, I will. Humility is saying, thy will. As Jesus said, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Pride says it is all about self. Humility says it is all about God and others. Pride says, I want what is mine now. Humility says, I will take it if God chooses to give it to me and whenever God chooses to give it to me. Do we see the contrast? Satan's God's enemy. And so he lifted himself up. And he lost what he had. Jesus humbled himself even though he was God. And now he is highly exalted and given the name which is above every name. 
But what did Satan do? He tried to get Jesus to exalt himself before it was God's time. You know what happens in often in our churches? And I say this because God has showed me times in my life when I have done the same. Our pride tells us that we deserve something now. But God says, humble yourself. And let God lift you up in his time. You see, sometimes we in our pride can lift ourselves up. But we won't stay up for very long. It's only a matter of time before we come down. But when we wait for God's timing and for God to exalt us, we won't come down. Because God knows when we're ready. What was the temptation of Christ by Satan? Satan tempted Christ with bread. The temptation was to provide for yourself because God is not providing for you. You see, the Bible says the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And therefore, it was the Spirit of God that was to tell him when it was time to eat and when it was time to, go to, to be done. And so Satan came to him and said, hey, you, are God. You, you know who you are. Why don't you make bread? He was trying to get Jesus to do something that was not wrong, but just wrong in that time. He was trying to get Jesus to say, I will provide for myself instead of let God provide for me. Then he tempted him with the temple. He said, put yourself up on the temple and cast yourself down, for it is written, the angels shall give their charge over thee, and you won't even dash your foot against a stone. What was he trying to do? What was at the temple? Many people. Many influential people. Satan was saying to Jesus, why don't you show them who you are? If you cast yourself down and God saves you, they will know who you are. What was wrong with that? It wasn't God's time for Jesus to be exalted. But when Jesus refused it and humbled himself, if you read that passage of Scripture, just a few verses later, the Bible says his fame went throughout the whole country. Satan was trying to get him to, give him, get him to take something that God intended for him, but before God intended it for him. The next temptation of Satan was Jesus, uh, of, of Jesus was that Satan said, "Hey, your rule. Here's all the kingdoms of the world. I will give them to you." That was something that already belonged to Jesus Christ. But God wanted Jesus to humble himself for a time first. And then he would exalt him in his time. Humility recognizes that God is in control. And that God is in control of our authorities. Satan's biggest temptation, uh, one of his biggest temptations is to get us to doubt 
our authorities, especially spiritual authorities, because they're human. I want us to look at what God says, Psalms chapter 75, verse 6 and 7. We're almost done. Psalms chapter 75, verse 6 and 7. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. This is one of the most powerful verses in my life. When God said to me, no man is in control of whether you're put up or put down. I am. It's very plain. We look at somebody lifted up and we say, oh yeah, it's because uh, of this connection or, or that connection or because they, you know, they, this, this or that. And we, we want to, in our mind, we want to start wrestling with flesh and blood and, and judging whether it's right or wrong and how human the decision could be or no. The Bible says promotion comes not from the east, the west, or the south. I'm sorry, I know this is a southern place. It doesn't mention north because the Bible says heaven, his Mount Zion is in the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Isn't the Bible perfect? Promotion comes from God and God alone. And it says that he set, sets one down and picks up another. What often happens to us at work, in our family, in our churches. If Satan gets that old pride going and we somehow see through the eyes of pride and we put our focus on people rather than on God. There was a time in my life where I was very bitter about man putting me down. God led me to this passage and said, when it's my time to exalt you, I will exalt you. Don't worry about the position. Worry about your fellowship with me. The truth is, is that if we, God doesn't want us lifted up, we don't want to be lifted up. We want to be where God wants us to be. There are wicked men in power, often. And so Satan tempts us to put our eyes upon those men. I'm not talking about in the church. Generally, I'm talking about in the world around us. We often, I mean, uh, how, how much of, our, of many people's day is filled with downing the president or downing the governor or downing and talking down, down, down. Hey, my friend, God put them there. He set it down one and he raiseth up another. And to not agree is to judge God's righteous judgment. And I'll be the first to admit that I've done it. God put Pharaoh in place in Egypt. He wanted a proud man in Egypt because he wanted 
somebody that would resist him so he could show how powerful he was. You may sometimes look at somebody and say, how are they there? It can't be that they're a spiritual person. My friend, don't judge the righteous judgment of God. Just submit yourself to authority and ask God to change it if you don't agree. And only God. He put kings up and kings down. If you and I will wait for God's timing, not focus on man, Realize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Keep ourselves clothed in humility. We can fight the spiritual battle. Because in humility, we won't be doing the fighting. Amen. It will be God. Four principles. The battle is the Lord's. Close the doors You've opened to Satan. Realize that you don't wrestle against flesh and blood and be clothed in humility. I will close with this statement by Andrew Murray, missionary, South Africa, long ago. He said, humility in man is the one thing needed to allow God's holiness to dwell in him and shine through him. Humility in man is the one thing needed to allow God's holiness to dwell in him and to shine through him. Amen. If we have a humble church, God will shine through us. I challenge you tonight to go back home and pray. If you haven't dealt with those doors, deal with the doors. If you have, ask God to show you of anything in your life, any person in your life where you have been wrestling against them. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. If he shows you somebody, then confess it to him. Ask him for his help. And then also, ask him to show you any area of your life that you have been acting in pride and not in humility. And when he shows you your pride, don't respond in pride. Respond in humility. I have more stories, but I told you I would be finished. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is your work and your people. I have no doubt that your hand of favor is upon this place. As I visited many, many churches, I see something happening here I see in very few. Father, I know that Satan wants to get our eyes on man. Wants us to get us fighting a battle, not spiritually, but physically. By lifting up ourselves in pride. Pray tonight, Father, that you'd give us the spirit of humility to walk as Jesus walked. Letting us esteem each other better than ourselves. Being willing to be whatever you need for the sake of your kingdom.
with our heads bowed and eyes closed, as the piano plays, if God spoke to your heart, you come.